turn the lights down, I'm in my zone. Be confident in me, this moment of clarity, this moment of honesty. The world will feel my truth. My heart's not light, so I'm a gift and a curse. I gave you volume after volume of my words, you can feel my truth. I built the tightest deep of being one of the realest niggas. Hello, I'd like to welcome you guys to another episode of the Sports Lounge Podcast, where we share stories of athletes living a good life after the game. This podcast was created to show athletes that they can live a good life after the game and share stories of athletes living a good life after the game. It's an honor to introduce you guys to Camille Green, a good guy out of St. Francis High School in Mountain View, California, and BYU in Provo, Utah. He has a successful college and well high school and college football career and transition to a boardroom making major moves with this poly platform how's everything going with you hey i'm doing pretty good you know just take, taking it one day at a time you know how that goes that's good that's good well first and foremost man i want to congratulate you on your masters man that's a major move congratulations Hey, thank you, thank you. It was, it, was, it was a hard time coming, but I made it happen. Hey, you did that, man. That was a major move, man. So much success with your masters. Thanks for joining the Sports Lounge podcast. Tell me a little about your football career at St. Francis High School and BYU. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it started, it was unique. So, I'm, I'm from East Fall, so, and, and, and come from East Fall, so there was a few schools that, that I was assigned to go to. So, I was either going to go to Woodside or Miller Athens. Uh, my, my sister went to MA and my, my older brother went to Woodside. Uh, my mom went to Woodside as well, but I was blessed with the opportunity uh, from a financial standpoint to go to St. Francis. And nice. St. Francis was a unique place. Um, I was, it, it taught me real fast how to navigate um, certain politics as well as um, having to, to sometimes um, work, more, work more more hard, or work, work to a standpoint that's, that's, that's more overt than your, your, your peers uh, in the sense of having to work um, two times or twice as hard. Okay. Uh, that, that kind of helped project me um, to, to where I am now in, in Washington State and at least on the BYU. Um, I can expound more on that. Did you have a question as far as St. Francis? Nah, nah, nah. That was a major move from, from um, um, EPA, but East by Walter, for people to know what EPA is. Going to St. Francis, though, so very familiar with that school, the whole area. So, uh, nah, man, that big ups, no, 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 taking that route to St. Francis. So, what, what made you go to BYU? All the other schools that was looking at you, what, what was your deciding factor to go to BYU? Yeah, so out of the gate, I actually, um, I actually went to Washington State first. Um, okay. So I have identical brother, um, and we were getting, we we're getting recruited from some other 1AA has some offers from 1AA, but, um, you know, Washington State was the biggest factor that for us showed interest in us. Um, so we decided to go to Washington State first. Okay. Uh, I played football, grand track, and I did wrestling at St. Francis. So that kind of helped me just being a you know a track sport athlete. Yes. Um, and uh, sorry, getting to Washington State, I registered my first year, uh, played a small amount my second year. Uh, but what happened was a uh, coach Felice now at Mississippi State. Um, he fired a few of the staff, and that was the same guy that was that was recruiting me. Um, so, so upon that, I know how how politics can get. I learned that from St. Francis, so I decided to go to go to BYU, uh, transfer to BYU. Um, but at the time, Coach Leach would only let us transfer to a certain amount of schools um, mm. that wasn't open schedule. So BYU being independent, um, it kind of just naturally worked out the best. Um, nice. And then going up there. Nice, nice. I'll pause. You talk about your football career. What position do you play in football? Yeah, no, for sure. So I played safety and quarter. So I'm a natural DB. 
Nice, nice. So, what was your favorite and least workout in football? <laughs> Man, uh, I would say, as for, I was never really a workout guy. You know, it's interesting because I, I graduated high school in 2013 and this whole deep work, you know, slow feet, don't eat, and the whole ladder drill. Mm-hmm. I feel like that just started upon 2013. Like that, for, for anyone that, that's a little older, you know, and I'm only 25 myself, just that, that whole workout drill, that, that's really new. Usually for me, when I say when, I, when it was working out and I need to get better, it was getting straight to it. So for me, it was always one on one. So some people, that's a workout. Yeah, that's, that's more of a workout. It's a training thing. But one on ones was always the best because you know that that's where you know that's where all the hard work is going to show. Yes, and we develop your techniques, everything. Yeah. Exactly. A- agree. So, so what was your pregame ritual to get mentally focused for the game? Yes. Uh, so me, um, my, my pregame ritual. I used to always, I used to always say a prayer. Okay. You know, me, I used to talk to the hour, hour prayer. So I think one of the unique things for me is I, I had a shirt from, from way back in the day, from like top Warner Pound football days, um, and, and I wore that same shirt. I washed it for sure, but I wore that same shirt pretty much throughout high school. Nice. I got to Washington State, I would just cut it, so it became like kind of like a bib type shirt. Mm-hmm. I used to always make sure I had that, had that on underneath. Okay. So it was probably, I think it was one game where I, where I didn't have that. I think we played against we played against Mississippi State at BYU, and I didn't have it, but we, we still beat them, so I guess it was, it was still lucky. That's cool, but, but do you ball out in the game? How was your stats in that game? Sorry, you said what? Yeah, I say, but do you ball out in the game? How was your stats in that game since you didn't have your shirt? That's it. It was, it was okay. Okay. You know, I think I might, have, I might have had maybe a couple of stats on kickoff, but it wasn't, it wasn't nothing crazy. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So, so uh, talk about the game. What was your best football game? Like stats wise, was in a zone and everything was just flowing your way. Yeah, no, for sure. I would say my best game was probably. Let me think. It was probably a full game. So in 2016 at BYU, we played against the University of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And I think I had I had about four or five tackles that game. Nice. Um, and that that was the best game. It was, it was one of the funnest games we played at that 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 where the Chargers used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in San Diego, and, right? You said what? You said you said uh, in San Diego where the Chargers just play it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where the Chargers just play, mm-hmm. play there and we wind up winning that full game. I think that was like, you know, I had a, I had a few good tackles in that game. So that, that was probably the best game for me. Nice, nice. So so what was the transition like from being on top of your game to recreating yourself after the game and find like a different path to, you know, just you know, and still trying to stay relevant at the same time at the same time? And you know, honestly, to be to be quite honest, I, it, it was interesting because growing up, right, my dream was I've always wanted to go into government and politics. I always wanted to be you know president, but I've always wanted to, to go to the NFL too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's critical for a lot of young athletes to start thinking about. Other people won't say this; they'll say partnerships. I wouldn't say partnerships. But I'll say uh, a certain group of people they they have the affordability of partnerships. And when I say partnerships. There's a, there's a saying where people say, you know, you're either all in or you're not at all. And, and for me, um, growing up as a, as a young black man, I don't think I ever had the affordability to be all in. Now, yes. this is my um, But I feel like what, what, is, what tends to happen a lot of times is the younger athletes, they, they buy into that model of, of being all in. But if you don't have a plan for your seat, you're going to see a lot of athletes post-football post and rather high school or college football still trying to live out that dream. Yes, and yes. For me, I was able to, even when I was in high school, start thinking about different things. But I had the dream of like I'm playing, I'm gonna play, and I'm gonna play in the NFL regardless. 
mm-hmm. I feel like I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, you never know what happens. I ended up transferring. So I got to Washington State, transferred to, to BYU, getting recruited by a certain staff. And then that staff ended up leaving to go to University of Virginia. So my last two years, I didn't play as much as I felt like I should have played. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like with, with football, football is one of those sports where it's heavily political just because even with practice, it's not like track or basketball where you can just show out and you know the team's the best player on the team. Yeah. So football is such a team-oriented sport that if you don't have, you know, if you're, you're going against the tools, you're going against the number one receiver with a number two quarterback. There's so many different components where quickly you can be um, suppressed and your skills may not even be shown. Um, so to answer your question, I was already towards my, 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 my second year, my, or maybe the end of my first year at BYU, I started to, to face the reality like, man, I mean, shit, I might be able to play some Canadian football league, but the NFL is just not probably going to be hit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in order to start this, is the only way that we can really start combating that and start thinking about, to answer your question, what you have, a career outside of it and start and being able to have a smooth transition, it's coming to the grips that, like, shoot, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not going to the, to the league. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's what ended up happening. I started coming to a realization like, man, I got to start, I got to start doing certain things. So in the summer, because we were playing D1 football at BYU, we had to stay in Utah in the summer for summer workouts. Nice. So what okay. I started was I started interning for different startups. So I interned for some companies out here in the Utah area just because I said, hey, I want to start my own business upon being done with football. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's what ended up happening. So soon as I graduated mid year 2017, uh, December 2017, and I ended up coming. I went, to, went back to Big for Christmas break, came back with like, you know, $15 in my pocket, mm-hmm. and then just working for a startup for free. Yes. And then I got a close job, and then I just started learning the way, and I started, you know, and I built it. And I took that same competition level, that same ability to, to focus and harness things um, and be able to fall down and get back up, kind of like what we spoke about earlier yes. on this, this podcast. Um, and I was able to start something from scratch, and that's what I'm doing now. Man, uh, let's hear our story. This is what the podcast is all about, you know, um, athletes transitioning to the real world after sports. But some can transition and, and have a plan A, but without plan A, plan B, plan C, some just still stuck. But there's life after the game, and the quicker you prepare for it, the quicker you can transition and still be relevant and doing your thing. So... So man, major props from from doing that from going going from Washington State to BYU, get your undergrad degree, your graduate degree, making major moves, then starting your own business. But let me ask you a question: If you can go back and change anything about your football career, what will it be? Man, I, 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 and one thing I, I would I wasn't saying the same thing and say, you know, I would I would change anything. But honestly, you want to know what I would change? Yes. I would, I would that guy to speak up. You know, a lot of times I grew up. Even playing little league and even high school, like my, my players will do the talking. So if I felt like I was better than that corner or that safety that the coaches have to be putting in front of me, I used to say, Well, I'm going to show them the one on ones. I'm going to show them the 707. I'm going to show them on the field. But sometimes it's not that easy. You know, mm-hmm. I, used to, I, remember, I can distinctly remember there were some practices like moving around to a certain standpoint. And, and I'm like, I know, the, I know the corners coach knows that I should be playing. You know, I know that. But in all reality, these dudes, grown men with family and kids, they're not thinking about yeah. you. So I, I used to try to be a man about it and be like, I'm, I'm not going to go and talk to the coach. I'm just going to show them on the field. But that wasn't always the answer. And I started to know as I started to realize as I got older and I, and I, excelled, or, or I grew in my career mature that the players who played with the players who were overt, and when I say overt, the players who 
one-on-one you know, how many pictures you want. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it might not be. Yeah. And I try to look at it that way, and I feel like if I would have just been a little more overt in my actions and just, just went up to coach and was like, hey, coach, what, what can I work on? And you don't have to go and be like, why am I not playing? Yeah, but a professional way. Yeah, now that's a real game, though. I mean, for for athletes that have no experience in that issue, you know, you gotta talk to the coach. You know, have that one on one meeting and talk to the coach in a professional way, because, like you said, sometimes they don't know until you until you say something. Yeah, and that's real. So, so how's life treating after the game, after football? Man, it, it's been fun, bro. It, it, it's interesting because someone like me, I, I've never technically went on a vacation that didn't involve some type of AAU sports or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I've never been able to do that. I mean, since since uh, since high school at St. Francis, we have to get there two days in the summer and then grab mountain straight to Washington State, right? Washington State, I'm straight to BYU. So I've never actually had the affordability to, to sit down and like at 10 a.m. on a weekday go and get breakfast. It's never worked. That's wow. no joke. It wasn't until master school until until two years ago where I, it was 10 in, the, 10 in the morning and I was driving down to downtown and I stopped at a Starbucks. Now, the first time that I was able to, like, it was really, and I don't think people really understand that because, like, it's never, ever been like that for me, ever. So to answer your question, it, it's been love. Like, a lot of people will be like, you know, oh, man, like, you know, I miss it. Like, don't get me wrong, I miss it. But if you talk to anyone who really, really, like, was in the field doing them, them pushing crawlers at 5 in the morning, waking up, sitting on that bed, being like, dang, I gotta, I gotta freaking walk to 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 work out in the snow and then get yelled at and do five minute up downs. Like, it's all love, love and hate at the same time. So anybody that really, really was in the field, they gonna tell you like, I missed it, but at the same time, I let it like join the life after, right? The afterlife. And I'm it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So. Congratulations on your poly platform, man. Tell us about your poly platform and the and and the inspiration that makes you get to the business. Uh, you know, being your own boss. Like, tell us about yeah, your poly no, platform. Yeah, no, honestly, it would make me want to answer that first, that, that second part question. I, I've always wanted to to be in, to be not necessarily be in control, but I wanted to create my own table for myself. Mm-hmm. I was tired of having to knock on the door to have a seat at the table. Yeah. And that, 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 that same logic can be displayed throughout the, even the current social climate that we have. Yeah, today. That's, that's real. That's real. Yeah, no, for sure. So so for me, football definitely helped with that. Sports helped me help me with that because, again, it was, it's, a, it's a sick place when you feel like you should be somewhere, but you can't do it because there's another man telling you what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And, and But that's what really propelled me to say, you know what, I want to be the person that, that dictates where I go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one, that, that's what, what it really sports helped me come to that realization. Um, the, the whole conceptualization of the Poly platform essentially is an organizational platform. So it consolidates all of an organization's activities and events onto one platform. So if you take a school, for example, so like San Jose State, and they have tons of activities and events, and students don't necessarily know where to find those that information on. You know, certain clubs have these Instagram accounts and Twitter mm-hmm. and you know, it's erratic. But what our platform does is it takes everything and puts it all in one platform. So if you're a student, you can just select an interest and find out everything that's going on. So we take that and we not only sell that same idea to schools, we also sell it to cities and we also sell it to companies and it's an exclusive platform just for those organizations and nice. we sell it directly. Nice. So 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 the people so people out there listening, 
and want, want, want to get involved and subscribe to your platform, how they can how can they get access to it and learn more about it? Yeah, so they will go to the www.getpolyplatform.com and that will be our website. And then um, if you want to follow us on Instagram where you can get some more additional information, it's just poly, P-O-L-Y underscore platform. And then you can, once you get on our Instagram, you'll be able to find everything. Uh, but no, honestly, the platform's going good. We have some paying customers. We're working with some cities in the nice. Utah area. Um, we have a virtual summit coming up. Um, we're going to have some well-known speakers on that. So things have been doing good, man, just to be honest. I, I love football. I love this. It's just a different transition. I tell a lot of people that they always ask me, like, do you miss it? And I, I miss it for sure, but, like, I love what I'm doing now. Like, it's just a different transition. Yes, yeah, a different, different type of love. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's cool. That's cool. So, so. Since all, all, you know, since the world changed, ever since March, how how are you yeah. able to stay relevant with your business? You know, from uh, you know, doing a lot of things virtual versus, you know, being face to face in the boardroom. How 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 you how you find yourself yeah. staying relevant uh, through all this craziness going on right now? Yeah, well, for sure. The the unique thing about our platform is it, it connects students and residents and, and employees with with events. Um, so now, with a lot of companies and organizations have done is they now have virtual events. Mm -hmm. So now the platform becomes an even more value because people are just sending out Zoom links. They're sending out Google Classroom links. They're sending out all these links, but there's no organ there's no platform to organize that. Mm -hmm. So now take Google, for example, that's now completely virtual. How, how do they get those virtual events to the student population? They don't really have a way. So now what our platform does, it's an exclusive platform for that, for that school, and now it's will be able to click on the event and take them straight to that Zoom link. Um, so honestly, COVID-19, it just proves that adaptability of our platform. So rather it's a physical event or a virtual event, probably will get the job done. So we were able to pivot quite, nice, quite, quite nicely, um, and it definitely supports what we do. But it just goes to show the adaptability, you know, and that's what we've learned like football, right? It's like, you never know, you know, you could be running a cover two, and then all of a sudden the receiver is running a cover two beaters. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be able to look you got that. You got that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, well, well. Again, congratulations on on, on your on your um, platform, the Poly platform, and uh, you know you're a stand up guy. I man, I just want to thank you for being inspiration to the other athletes out there looking to recreate themselves after sports. So you know you're always a member of the Sports Lounge podcast, the family. Yeah. Just want to thank you for holding down and living a good life after the game. And again, much success to your best endeavors and. And, and much success, Poly Platform. Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell the listeners out there before we, before you go? Honestly, I want to thank you first for just giving me the giving me the platform to even speak on. Man, on, anytime. On what, I, on what I've done. Um, the last thing I'll just say to the listeners is is one people always have the question that's been like for, for people who are in high school trying to figure out where they want to go. It doesn't matter if you go in. I know it's cliche because they said the same thing to me. It don't matter if you go D two, one to play, or D one. What, what were you wanting? And honestly, I used to be like, yeah, 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 I want to go D1. I want to go where, you know, where, where it's shining lights and all this other stuff. And I'm saying that's cool. A goal where they want you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's where, a big difference. <laughs> yeah, what would they recruit you? And then that transition to so another thing that I would recommend is once you're at that school, don't put all your eggs in one basket. A lot of stuff can happen. So, so I, I hate to say it, but you, you want to start planning. Not you don't want to necessarily plan, but you want to at least have it in your mind, like, all right, well, you going to be a ball, don't work out, but I got this. Because that way, when something happens, you can just, boom, transition and adapt to the next thing. Um, 
like to stay, stay, stay conscious and, and stay awake to everything that's going on. So thank you. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for being real with the listeners, uh, giving the game back. Really appreciate it. And again, Mr. Camille Green, much success, man. Continue doing your thing. Represent it, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah. You too. Bye.